Episode 156 for October 2011. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that start at 38 and they go up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trades. A spider example on this episode is on the Spider-Man Chapter 1 trade paperback. It's probably one of the most controversial Spider-Man stories in its nearly 50-year history. John Byrne rewrites Spider-Man's origin. You really have to read it and make up your own mind if it was an improvement or not. Now, the cover price, $35. Mail order has it for just $21.69, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at their new website, MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang, to our last show for October. We wrap up with your questions from our message board aimed at our panel. This one is from Greg XB, and it's aimed at Bertone. Bertone, Marvel commissions you to write a Betty Brant miniseries. No. What do you do? Uh, it depends on, in this hypothetical universe, why they're commissioning you to write it. Are they commissioning me to write it because of what I've said on Crawl Space? Because otherwise, um, I'm not so full of myself that I think that my view of Betty Brant is the definitive view of her. And what I really hate is when like writers have a theory about a character on a message board or something, their own personal fan theories... And they and they're just there, and they adapt that into you know the main continuity. Like you know, if if Joe Casada, for example, would have wrote in one moment in time, having Peter and Mary Jane say, "Boy, wasn't our marriage rushed? It was rushed." Which, that thankfully he didn't do that. But like that's the type of thing that I hate, where you know it's just the character speaking for what the writer's opinion is, and um, I don't know if I'd want to fall into that trap, but. I'm assuming in this alternate universe of Greg XP's that Marvel's asking me because of that, so I don't know. Um, it would be very well, cathartic to have her get called out for everything, but uh, <laughs> that would that would border on continuity porn. So, of all the characters that could turn into a supervillain, don't you think Betty Brant could do it? Maybe she gets the Venom symbiote, but I don't know about that. Maybe I she think... gets maybe she gets the hoodie. There you go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think what, what I think would be cool is um, she's the blogger of the Marvel Universe now. She's doing Bugle Girl. Maybe like every month, it's just kind of like that Marvel's miniseries that Alex Ross and Kurt Busiek did. It's like the events of whatever crossover is going on from her point of view, coupled with you know her life as a blogger and nuggets of Betty Brant is a horrible person. I I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that more because it's uh, there's a lot of variables in that question. George, you get a chance to meet Steve Ditko. What's the one thing you would ask or say to him? I think we talk about how much we both hate hippies. <laughs> no, for real. Damn, dirty hippies. Both, I think we both talk about how much we just like hippies. No Spider-Man talk, just hippie talk, huh? I didn't like his Spider-Man work. Really? I've said that before. I, I always thought he was a better uh, artist for Doctor Strange than I ever thought he was for Spider-Man. Wow. I, I visually I don't I don't equate the Ditko Spider Man to uh you know, like the classic Spider Man. For me the classic Spider Man looks always going to be what Ramita did. Right. 
But you got to give him props for designing the suit, don't you? I, well, I thought Kirby designed the suit. Nope. Kirby I'll, give him, I'll give him props for that, but I, I'm serious. If I ever met the guy, we're going to talk about how much we hate hippies. Okay. <laughs> Kevin, as a fellow writer, what's your perspective here? It's, is it a writer's job to tell the stories they want to tell or to tell the stories their audience wants to see? Well, you've got to find a balance. Uh, I mean, you've, you absolutely have to do both. Uh, and and you also have to know know what medium you're writing for, what the audience is, because there's a complete difference between uh, I'm writing this new TV show, uh, and at that point you do what you want to see, because then it's going to find its audience. Uh, or I am taking over a decades-long franchise, then you need to figure out what it is that you want to see how that meshes with what the audience wants to see, because you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get a Spider-Man run and then do 30 issues about Morbius. No, nobody yeah. reading Amazing Spider-Man wants to read 30 issues about Morbius. Now I'm gonna use Morbius as a character, but I'm also gonna figure out how to make that what the Spider-Man readers want to read. You know, I can't just, for lack of a better word, masturbate all over the page. <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, you've got. It, then you it'd be X, X Men schism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't do anything really but write stories that you want to tell. You can't just sit there and write stories that you don't like that don't work for you. But they've they've got to be something the audience wants to read. That's fundamental. And you can find a balance, or you can not care. Zach, do you think Kane is a salvageable character at this point? I think every ca- character is salvageable. It just depends on how competent the writer that's going to take the reins eventually from slot. Uh, is going to handle that character if he decides to use that character. The character of Kane right now is is such in such a quagmire because he acts nothing, absolutely nothing like uh, anybody ever before is is has written him as. And did I you think, not like his little line that Parker's got new? Yeah, okay, I did like that line. Yeah, it was a little bit of a sarcastic line, but at the same time, the you if you read the character of Kane in the, in the epic book trades and you read. And you read the character of Kane in, in Spider Island, even though if you didn't know that was Kane, the spider spider dude, um, then you wouldn't know, judging by their motivations and the way they act, that it's the same character. I mean, classic example that that deadly foes of Spider Man one shot, the craptastic one shot that kind of is kind of sort of required reading because it gives you some more background on the Jackal's motivations. Mm-hmm. It didn't do anything. But make it worse for the character of Kane. I think the character of Kane can be written well, but he just hasn't been written well uh, really since since he was running around like a little bitch from that little punk ass thirteen year old chick uh, <laughs> that's Craven's bastard daughter. So Skittles the penny hooker. Skittles, I like the way Skittles. he was written in Grim Hunt, but I think that's the only time he's been written well since the Clone Saga. I agree. L- Lady Spider from Oh Lord, the mascara. There you go. <laughs> hey. If you could reboot Marvel current comics, what would you keep? What would you take away? And what would you improve? George, take that one. George. 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 That's their shipping name, because you know how, like, in, you know, uh, with, with these shipper couplings, you combine their oh, names. Oh. I was about to say, no, it's going to be an old guy that hates hippies. So. <laughs> this is true. Right. George, what do you keep? What do you throw away? Um, or do you even reboot it? No. Well, I mean, if if it if it's a, well, if you if you could reboot, 
Um, some things definitely need to be fixed. Spider-Man straight up needs to be fixed. Straight up needs to be fixed. Married there's, again? There's, there's fundamental problems with the character at this point. Um, yeah, I would say I would say I would marry. I, I would return him to where he was in about 2004, 2005, back when JMS was writing. You know, was writing him. Um, I'd return it to that. I, it's just the character. The character has suffered so much from people trying to fix what wasn't broken, all to cater to one man's whim. And I would get that back to uh, to what it should be. Now, as far as the rest of the Marvel universe, um, I, I'd probably have Bucky have you know I would I would erase Bucky being brought back ever. Um, I would I would definitely go back down to one Avengers team and just one Avengers team. Um, I wouldn't have this whole you know we're going to have three or four kickers who are all on every goddamn team that comes out. That would definitely be out. So if Wolverine wanted to be if Wolverine wanted to be on the X Men, Wolverine couldn't be on the Avengers and vice versa. Wolf, I, I almost called you Wolverine. I said George. <laughs> but that Bucky storyline is so good. Bucky's best character best character uh, potential is as a corpse. I, I would. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Bucky, the Bucky book was great. I agree. Uh, I'm not saying – you know what? I'm, I'm sure they could bring Uncle, ba- Uncle Ben back, and it would be a good story. Does that mean it needed to happen? Yeah. It, it, it puts him in a corner that there's got to be two Captain Americas now, which I no, think is going to happen. better as the Winter Soldier. Yeah. They just you think that's what they're going to do? trigger and go back to that. Yeah. And really this whole question, you're like, what would you keep in a Marvel reboot? What wouldn't you keep? Either you reboot everything or you reboot nothing, because that's been my biggest problem with this DC reboot. Yes. yes. If you're going to do it, you have to do it wholesale from point blank. Just, just yeah. you know. And this is what's going to cause DC to have to do this all over again in a few years. Um, but no, I'd, I'd, also, uh, I'd also completely reboot the X-Men universe and bring it down to – and this is going to shock some people – two titles, Wolverine and X-Men. Yeah. Uh, does anyone feel that the black cat needs to be fixed by a competent writer or just left alone? Fix her. You know, get get a, get a good writer. She's had good character moments before. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah but the, the key component of that is getting a competent writer. They're a dying breed. Especially yeah, if you're talking... Wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys are talking about getting a character like the black cat fixed. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm I'm a little confused now. That would be that, that's going to be the next crossover after Spider Island hashtags done, and you know, and and it, and, and they're going to sell it in the pet shops, you know, that and and if the pet shops will get their own variants, you know, with different animals getting fixed. And Kevin, who do you think deserves to come back more, Hal or Barry? Uh, it, neither. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're fictional characters. They don't really have anything they deserve. Um, they haven't they haven't earned anything. They're characters on a page. Um, I think as a as a matter of story progression, Hal coming back has been way better than Barry coming back, uh, just because of the nature of the Green Lantern Corps. Kyle Rayner uh, is still around. He's still having his own book. Barry coming back. Nobody's mentioned Wally West since. I mean, is I don't even and I don't even know. Does Wally West exist in the new DC universe? Does anybody know? I think he's on Earth two now. Supposedly he, he does, according to what was said at San Diego. He's just going to be off the grid for a while. Okay, well there you go. And so Wally was a very well developed character that started in the freaking what eighties. Um, 
and had you know everybody that was pretty much alive and reading comics now loved him, and Barry kicking him out has put him to the wayside. And I read Jeff John's whole new Flash series and Flashpoint, and Barry's a moron. Um, so yeah, if one of them had to come back, I'd say Hal worked out way better, but I would have left them both dead. Bertoni, while doing a Stella impression. Uh, here's your question. If they put all the Batgirls in one book, would you read it, and would it offend anyone? Bubba Moose, throw your head in a noose. Oh, dear. Uh, <laughs> shippers! Um, okay, that's that's as far as I can do with the Stella impression right now, otherwise. It, it, it's kind of like juggling, yeah. Uh, <laughs> How about we call it Batgals? I, I would personally read it. Would it offend anyone? Absolutely, because all of these characters are somebody's favorite, and if one character does something that makes that character look more awesome than the other character, then those fans will get offended. It's it, it's like a room full of Diana Rosses, and that's nothing against the fans, but it's like, you know, <laughs> everyone wants... That, that, that's Gloria Gaynor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's so much fail. I am so sorry. <laughs> Zach had an ex-girlfriend who was like trying to tell me, I know that that song Bitch is by uh, Alanis Morissette, and I'm like, yeah, except it's not. I remember that. I remember that. I do remember that, too. Anyway. Anyway, um, I I would read it. It would be fun, and uh, this idea has been thrown around a lot over like the past dozen years. Did you like that Batgirl number one? No, I didn't. I didn't really either. uh, Uh, There was a lot of mispotential and a lot of... I texted Stella the plot synopsis, and her text back was, I do not want my Peter Parker in my Batgirl. <laughs> oh, uh, last last question, JR. How you doing? All right. Proto-goblin. Well, <laughs> well, let JR answer that. JR, oh, I'm man. sorry. Good God, oh, well, Brad. I was about to say, first of all, I, I, it took me a while on that question that was asked of Kevin. Uh you know, who do you think you deserve to come back more, Hal or Barry? At first, it took me a while to realize that she that the, the question wasn't about the chick, the actress who played Catwoman in that really bad movie. Uh, but, <laughs> nice, uh, nice, nice. But nice. Jr., how you are you doing? To quote Mr. Spock at the end of Star Trek IV, I feel fine. <laughs> Proto Goblin, Brad. Any guests like Peter David popping up anytime soon? Yep, uh, we've I've. Just got to coordinate it with Peter. We're going to do a podcast with him about the Spider-Man Vault book and the Edge of Time video game. I've also sent an email to Josh Keaton. We're trying to get Christopher Daniel Barnes on the same show because they were the voice actors of uh, Spider-Man the New Game. So, hey, Brad, are you, are, are you going to try to swing an interview with like the uh, Spider-Man porno girls now? <laughs> well, Stella's gone. Might as well. Uh, JR, since you are reading... Since you're a reader of Jim Shooter's blog, which is epic, it's a daily visit for me. I, yes, I yes. love that thing. Uh, the question is, I must ask, out of all the topics he's written about that you've read so far, which did you find to be the most informative? Uh, you know, I was I had a lot to say about this, but it looks like we all have a question later on about whether or not we're reading Shooter's blog. Um, so I'll, I'll confine this as far as what do I think the favorite is. I thought about that, and I don't know, but I just I, – I, like I like when he digs into his – the guy must have kept everything because I like it when he digs into his stash and pulls out these actual memos, these actual mm-hmm. contracts, you know, that list – that you know, from years ago. Um, I, I think I guess I've, I've liked this, what he tells about uh, 
just the seventies when he first came on and the way it was um the rotating editor in chiefs and and things that he felt he had to do to to get things back on the beam and it, just because for, when I was doing my, my when I was writing some of the my Spidey Kicks Bud articles you know and I was writing about the various writers and I said well Wolfman left you know and I didn't know why Wolfman left you know and what and now after reading Shooter's articles I get a pretty good idea of what was happening now whether or not that's what really happened <laughs> is being is vigor uh, on a number of fronts is being vigorously disputed but but I guess I I like reading shooters accounts of when what Marvel was like when he first came in and also just the the things he brings out of his uh, his stash of uh, his old stuff I like the one where uh, the the secretary was stealing the money from the subscriptions from little kids I I was like good grief what a what awful Awful thing to do to look It was kids. Betty Brands. <laughs> it was his secretary, yeah. Uh, Bertoni, if you were charged with making Betty Brandt a more horrible person, what would you do to rehabilitate no, 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 her character? A non-horrible person. Yeah, non-horrible person. Read it again. <laughs> well, If you were charged with making Betty Brandt a non... A non it actually says none, but I assume none. it would say non. Non-horrible oh, okay. person. Okay. <laughs> Hit it. <laughs> You know, in, in these hypothetical universes, I mean, Marvel's giving me miniseries to write about, or they're doing this. Like, it's it, well, what? Where's Marvel's brains at? I mean, are they is are they also giving George? You know, like George, write a miniseries where Carly Cooper teams up with a Scarlet Spider and a hoodie. It's uh, what's yeah. uh, well. <laughs> I guess you can always go, you know, the Tom DeFalco route and reveal that she was a scroll since uh, the Dicko days, but that's like a really, really, really cheap cop-out. That's what they um, did to Elijah in the Fantastic Four. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, the Alicia that she did on Ben Grimm, she was a scroll. Uh, yeah. I really should have thought these out more. It's uh, I just saw these, I was like, huh, oh, funny, Betty questions. I didn't think about how I was going to answer <laughs> half of them. I, she'd probably have to do something... I, I guess you'd probably have to reveal that behind the scenes, you know, there was more going on when she was doing these things, like when she was cheating on her husband. Not that, like, she was being forced to do it or something like that, but just that, I mean, there was – and that there was ulterior motives for some of these things or that even that some of the bad decisions that she made were more sacrifices for the greater good, which it would be a very, very big magician's trick to pull, but hey – they they somehow made Ned Leeds not the Hobgoblin and Roger Kingsley the Hobgoblin. They made Norman Osborn behind the Clone Saga, so you can make a bunch of retcons about Betty Brant, I'm sure. George, what's your deal with the hatred of the hoodies? Was there some sort of traumatic event in your childhood where you got trapped in one at school or what? <laughs> well, I, you know, aside from, you know, it's an icon of the thrice-damned uh, Clone Saga, um, it's just slacker wear. It's it's just it's like you know this hip hop give up fashion. I've just I've I've never liked it. I've always thought it was uh, you know just a horrible Dan? fashion choice. Huh? It's just it's a it's a memory of one of the worst stories in your opinion. Well, yeah, but it goes beyond that. I mean, I've just I just don't like hoodies in general. I, typically, if I see a hoodie on somebody, the first thing that pops in my head is that they're some kind of slacker. Yeah. That they're a slacker or they're just someone annoying. So, I wear hoodies. Exactly. I rest my case. <laughs> Kevin, you missed both Spider Jeopardies and the Colin show. Was this planned or just a very good coincidence for you? Be honest. <laughs> oh no, it totally it, it tore me up, really. <laughs> I call bullshit. 
You uh, you have a, a deft sniffer, sir. <laughs> no, it was not. It was not planned. Honestly, couldn't be on the shows. Um, you, but were a, you were in a play, if I remember correctly. As what? You were in a play, right? Uh, yeah. There was one of those I did a I did a doing a show at Amda. Another one I was just I think too busy. I, I had a very very busy semester, which is why I was only on one show during it. And you're on a week long break at home, I think now. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, a whole week between semesters. Nice. Well, you were missed, sir. Thank you. Uh, Zach, how's the return of the Clone Saga Chronicles coming? Talk to Bertoni. <laughs> Talk to me. I made you an, a logo and a, I helped Bertoni upload a show. Oh, well, thank you for doing the logo. I didn't know you did the logo. I did. I I uh, I, I do want to thank you, Brad. On, and I, I thought I did this publicly once, but I, I guess I didn't. Uh, for all your help in getting the show online and, and getting the feed up. I miss it. I miss it. And for Tony, we've got – I think he's got to upload a whole bunch of episodes to the FTP, right? Uploaded about uh, six last week, and three of them are on iTunes. Uh, the other two, for some reason, are showing up in the wrong order. So we're sorting that out. I've been podcasting for years but never dealt with XML because I always use podcatcher programs before this. So Brad, you know, in his infinite wisdom, you know, uh, sat with me and helped me work out XML one night. It was the same night he asked me to be on the show, actually. <laughs> That's true. Actually, I learned everything I know from Michael Bailey about everything in life, actually. Uh, to, ever <laughs> to anyone, uh, do any of you know if that alleged behind-the-scenes clone saga book Glenn Greenberg was involved with writing is actually getting made? The Life of Riley website that makes this claim hasn't been updated in months, and I was wondering if any of you guys knew anything about it. Zach or Bertoni would know this question. Um, as far as I know, last, last time we heard, um, this is according to Glenn and, and, and Andrew, it was it made it past Glenn in the editing phase. So the actual and Glenn's not editing the book; he's just doing his own self-editing, and it's being edited as I guess as we speak. But I don't know what the process is. I know I think there was a Kickstarter program that they were trying to do too. Um, I wonder if it, is it going to be like a book, like kind of like Jr. You know, your book you can't use any Spider-Man images. You think it's just going to be like a self-published book that you buy through Amazon? Yeah, that was that was I think that was the whole thing was that it was going to be self-published. And um, I'm down for that. Yeah, I mean, it, apparently there's a lot more stuff that are talked about in the interviews, particularly with guys like um, Terry Kavanaugh that give a lot more insight to the process, too. TNR 105 from the Shield Helicarrier. BD, now that Disney owns Marvel. Why the hell is an Amazing Friends in the 90s show on DVD? They put it on Netflix, but not DVD. Also... With the new Muppet movie coming out, what's up with the Muppet Babies? Okay, here's the deal. Muppet Babies! Here's the deal. Um, Disney released these on DVD overseas, with the exception of the United States. I think it was because they were in a lawsuit. And they never released them in the United States. I, I think they will. I think they're timing it for the movie. I would not be surprised next summer, 2012, you'll see... Uh, them released because they've already released the X-Men complete series on DVD. They've done the Iron Man show. They've done the Fantastic Four, but they haven't hit Spider-Man up. I think they're just waiting for a better timing. As far as the Muppet Babies on DVD, it's because they use a lot of clips and music from other programs. Like even in the opening title sequence of Muppet Babies, there's a TIE fighter from Star Wars in it. And there's also a lot of songs that they sing. So... From what I've read, the Muppet Babies won't be released without music rights problems. Kind of like the Wonder Years doesn't even use Joe Cocker and the opening song because of music rights. Crocker uh, or Cocker? Joe Cocker. 
Uh, JR, why does Marvel have a heart on... Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> okay, okay Trebek. I have a heart on for $5,000. The DC reboot books, that's why. <laughs> why does Marvel have a harder time creating legacy characters in DC? They do great with spin-off characters like She-Hulk and War Machine and Beta Ray Bill, but they can't make guys like Spider-Man or Bucky Cap stick even when they're fan favorites. We'll see Mile, how far Miles Morales goes, but he's in another universe first, so that doesn't count. Legacy characters. Wow. Jay- that question, I think, it may be a little bit too deep for me and for what time we've got. In fact, Mr. Yeah. Bailey might be a better – but when he talks about better person to answer, but when he talks about legacy characters, is he talking about iconic characters or is he talking about knockoffs of classics? Um, about characters talking, that inherit talking, the mantle from somebody else. Oh, well, I, boy, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not a great person to ask this, but the examples you give, you know, like – she-Hulk, War Machine, Beta, Beta Ray, and then Spider-Ben and Bucky Cap. I think the jury is – Bucky Cap's not been around long enough to pass judgment on. Spider-Ben was a controversial character because he because Marvel was saying, oh, this is the real Spider-Man, the one you've been reading about for 20 years is a fake. Uh, the other three that you mentioned were relatively non – I mean, I don't know anything about Beta Ray Bill, but uh, I know he's a Thor knockoff. But the other ones I don't think came – with as much controversy as Spider-Ben, or as much baggage as Spider-Ben does. And uh, and Bucky is just, I think, too new for, for us to pass judgment on yet. Bertoni, have you seen the Padawan Menace short film? If so, what did you think? Haven't seen it, but I'll look it up to see what the fuss is about. Isn't that the Lego thing? No, maybe. Okay. George, a while back in the Ask George thread on the message board, you said Stella was the Kitty Pride to your Wolverine. What other X-Men would the rest of the panel be? Bailey should be a lock-in for the Beast. Well, that, and since Bailey just came out as a furry, um, <laughs> I think that just kind of makes sense. I don't, I don't remember seeing Stella was like my Kitty Pride. Yeah, you, you just said that. I remember you saying it. Yeah, I said that. Well, okay. who, who, who's the rest of us? Uh, Bertoni is Quicksilver, and uh, Jr. is Magneto, and Brad, you're Warpath, and uh, Kevin, you're Forge, and Zach, you're Stacy X. In what way am I? <laughs> <laughs> Zach is the X-Men prostitute. I love it. <laughs> why am I Warpath? Because I said. Oh God! <laughs> why am I? Why am I a chick? Really? <laughs> Come on. Do you really have to ask that? Everyone on this podcast already knows the answer. No, Kevin, have you ever seen the alternate ending of the first Blade movie with the Morbius cameo? I have. And uh, what direction would you like to take the character in a sequel? Um, Well, and also to clarify the rest of the question, which says that Javier had wanted to keep uh, Morbius for a Spider-Man movie. Not entirely accurate, actually. Uh, The reason that... David Goyer wasn't allowed to use Morbius in Blade 2 was that they wanted to save him for an eventual Morbius movie, even though that clearly never happened. Um, but it would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, as for where I would take him in a sequel to Blade, I assume is what the question um, is yeah. asking. Um, the good thing about Morbius is he's such a versatile character with such a diverse past that you can use him as a villain or a hero, depending on what way you want to use him. I think if you're going to have him in a Blade film, he kind of needs to be the villain, not a mustache twirler uh, or anything like that, but he would definitely be an adversary. 
Steve Rogers from New York City, JR. Other than keeping tabs and files on entertainers, is there a more bigger waste of the FBI's time and resources than keeping the D.B. Cooper case opened? <laughs> well, that's certainly a, a different version than the question he first asked me originally. Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> no, everybody loves a mystery. I mean, come on, that's why it's... Uh, uh, you know, that's yeah. You might it, one man one one man's uh, mystery is another man's waste of time. But uh, you know, the it's the FBI's wondering how this guy got away. It's driving them nuts. I mean, it's I can perfectly understand that. There are certain things, you know, books or mysteries that I read, and I don't have all the answers to, and it drives me bonkers. It's like, what's going on? So no, I mean, I I I perfectly understand it. Everybody loves a mystery, and uh, this I had to, is one of the biggest ones of the twentieth century. I had to research, a.k.a. Google, D.B. Cooper's just to figure out. Oh, no. Really? I did. I'm sorry to know. Oh, Brad. Well, I think no, Prison I Break know. already solved that one, didn't they? They just watched the show. Well, yeah, and so did up, 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 up the Creek with, uh, uh, what's his name, Sean Green and uh, Matthew Lillard. But, uh, okay. Uh, as, a, as a taxpayer, as a ta- I have to say that, yeah. I don't care if it's you know like two you know or three decades after it actually happened, four decades. As a taxpayer, I'd like to say that I really want our FBI and our law enforcement to find anyone who rips off hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and, and hijacks a effing plane. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep that a priority. This is like saying, oh, what's so important about finding that Einhorn guy that fled to Europe after being convicted of murder? You know, yeah. It's sorry. It, it's still crime, dude. Kevin, long time no here. How's the struggling actor gig and the classes going? Uh, it's going all right. Uh, I think I've already made mention of second semester was really freaking ridiculous. But uh, I've got it's a four semester conservatory program, so I've got I'm halfway through it now. Um, and I just got two more to do, and then I'm gonna have to get out there in L.A. and get a get a job and get an apartment. So the, the big stuff is still coming. Uh, last question from Steve. The gang in general thoughts on AMC's reality show next year to be set in a New Jersey comic book store owned by Kevin Smith. First, I've heard of it. That sounds kind of cool. Huh. Is it going to be named Clerks? <laughs> I don't know. It's called Secret Stash, I think, is Kevin Smith's. Uh, oh, yeah. So they're going to be talking about hiding their weed there. Yeah. Wombat909 from In Between the Cracks of the Midnight Nation. Kevin. How would you make the lizard an interesting and likable villain, considering your dislike for the character? Kill him dead. <laughs> yes. oh. Dead. Is he? You can't make him cool. No, it's possible. Um, and I even had a. I had. I was thinking about using the lizard for a an arc in Crawl Space. It's got a bunch of villains in it. Um, but I just don't like the fucker. Uh, <laughs> To the gamers in the room, in the hope that you haven't already addressed it as one of the topics this month, have any of you got Edge of Time? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? Uh, I think I'm the only one in the room that picked it up. I like it so far. I'm about an hour into it. Uh, Eric great. Spencer got it. Who got it? Oh, Spencer. Did Spencer like the game, JR? Uh, hang on a second. Okay. Come here. <laughs> I love Boy, this. here, now. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. You got Edge of Time, right? And you beat it. Okay. Now You beat it? Uh, yeah. Now tell now tell everybody what you thought of it, okay? Ow, my face. I thought Edge of Time was actually one of the best Spider-Man games I've played ever since, like, Shadow Dimensions. Nice. 
Nice. Uh, what do you like about JR? <laughs> JR. JR, Brad. Uh, Spencer. Spencer. Oh. <laughs> God. Spencer, what did you like about it? Uh, the gameplay, the music, and the story. Did you not like, you kind of lost two Spider-Men. You didn't have the noir or the ultimate. Well, I wasn't really a big fan of the noir because it was hard as heck. No, I agree. It was very hard. Were there any new bad guys that weren't in the first game? Uh, I don't really remember. Yeah. Was Spider-Ham in it? <laughs> no. No Spider-Ham? Now, what day did you get it and how, how soon till you beat the game? Uh, I actually beat the game the day after it it was released. Oh, man. <laughs> wow. I bet your dad loved hearing that. <laughs> he still doesn't believe me. <laughs> well, Spencer, thank you for your review. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. JR, you dropped 50 bucks on a game and your kid beat it the day the next day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That uh yeah, I I heard the questions coming fast and furious. I think you were overloading it. <laughs> I could, I could, well, he did I, good. That was nice. I could Very see cool. the smoke coming out of his ears. He got <laughs> overloaded because Brad because Brad called him JR. <laughs> well, I, he could hear, I I don't know. He'll be on Spider Jeopardy next year. He'll he'll get real overload. <laughs> Awesome. He'll swoop uh, in for the win. He's like, my dad talks in his sleep. I, I, I hear all. I hear all the spider trivia. <laughs> Jr., have you seen a little bit of the game? Did you like what you saw? I, I haven't seen any of it yet. I, I would have to, uh, I would have to go up to his room and sit and watch him play it. And, and right now, I just, I haven't had the time. It's a. I like it so far. I'm about an hour into it. Um, but uh, I, I'll give a better review later. Uh, Bertoni, out of any changes George Lucas has made to the Star Wars films since their original release, what is your favorite and least favorite? I don't know if, like, if, like, there's one that, like, has angered me the way that, like, Han shoots first or Darth Vader screaming no has angered the other people. I just don't like them being changed in general because I feel like the way that they originally existed, they should still exist that way. Um, I don't mind little changes, you know, like remastering stuff, you know, for, you know, DVDs and Blu-rays, but just adding stuff that wasn't there before, that kind of bothers me. Um, I, I miss the Yub Nub Ewok song, so I guess that's my uh, one of my least favorite changes. What about the uh, digital Yoda in Episode 1? See, I'm not as emotionally attached to, you know, the prequel trilogy as I am to yeah. the original trilogy, though. So it's like, they mess around with that, I don't care. But if they added a digital Yoda to The Empire Strikes Back, then yes, I would, yeah, have, I, I, I would, I would, I would have a problem, because that, that was some very good puppetry there. Sarcasmic has uh, questions to Bertoni. Congratulations on the promotion to a series regular. Okay, <laughs> that was that was for you, Bertoni. I, I, I didn't know, I didn't know if, if you were trying to plow through that one. Uh, thank you. It's uh, it's the funny thing is um, I asked Brad if I asked Brad like three or four years ago because after one of the first few episodes, this is I don't know if everyone knows this story because I've been podcasting since two thousand and four. And but not about comics, about the Beatles. And I heard like when the first episode of the Crawl Space, I was like, oh cool. And I emailed Brad. I'm like, hey, I podcast too. If you ever want, I can be on. And Brad sent me a, uh, no thanks, go f yourself. You know, reply. I did not. Go <laughs> f yourself. No. By he, the way, 
We that can't reproduce follow-up. this email. I barely remember it. <laughs> it. It was on like an old email account from forever ago. And um, now, what did I say? Did I? I didn't say go after yourself. Did no, I? no, no. You had like okay. a very, very canned reply, like "Thanks for your offer, but uh, I invite you to become a regular on the message board." You know? <laughs> now and, that uh, I'll believe. <laughs> but no, wow. I'm happy to have because Brad's such an asshole. And he would say, go F yourself. Uh, yeah, but then after that, I sent him a follow-up email saying, go F yourself, stop eyeing my job. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry about that, Brad. Uh, Sarcasmic's question to the gang. Has there ever been an event that made you drop a comic uh, series <laughs> you're really enjoying by association with either plot or writer? For example, Fear Itself pretty much ruined the Invincible Iron Man for me. Whoever wants it, hit it. George, did you drop Spider-Man because of the clones? I did drop Spider-Man during the Clone Saga, and I didn't come back until uh, right before um, Heroes uh, Heroes re- uh, Return. Fear itself, number six, was really really good with Captain America raising a militia and and, and uh, telling Odin to go f himself. I mean, I dropped uh, I dropped Spider-Man again after um, after one more day. I mean, I. The only reason I, I'm able to review on the cast is because my friend Chris out in Watauga uh, loans me – or out in, pardon me, out in Keller um, – loans me these books so I can review them on the podcast. Yeah. I, so. I think that his question was, though, did we drop the book because of something that was going on in a different book? Like, yeah. l- l- like did you drop you know, um, uh, Bendis, all the Bendis books because of something that Bendis did in only one book type question? I, I really haven't, but – uh, other question: What are some of your favorite non-superhero comics? I like, Jr., you, you like Strangers in Paradise, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, I was a, that was my guilty pleasure, Strangers in Paradise. Yeah, I like Star Wars comics. Um, I I don't consider those superheroes, but it I I I think it's within the same genre though. Right, gotcha. Okay, uh, Tech from St. Louis. Uh, for Brad, you have a complete. Autonomy at Marvel. What are your first three things to do? Um, wow. How do I not be? How do I be politically correct with this one? Whoa. Uh, new writer on Amazing Spider-Man. Me. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. Um, let's. I, I like George's idea of reverting him back to where he was a little bit more responsible and married. Um. Number two, number three, I try it. I, I like what they're doing with the digital. I think it should be an impulse buy. I, I would try to put them in in stores more. I don't know how you do that. I think you lower the price some. As uh, George also said, remove the Bendis tax. That might help. <laughs> you, know, you know what goes along with removing the Bendis tax, right? I know. I, I actually okay. like Bendis, but... No, I, I, I'm not even using really... We just call it... I'm just saying Bendis, Bendis tax because tax. that's what we call it. We call it the Bendis tax. If Bendis was really, you know, and anybody, if they were, you know, willing to uh, work for for less money, you know, that'd be fine. But I mean, you've got to lower the the cost of those things yeah, if you want cost, more people to buy them. The cost and the ability to get them need to be addressed, and they're they're doing that with the digital thing. I don't know how well it's going to go, but what you going to do? Agent Michigan from Warren, uh, Michigan. Is that, am I in Michigan? That okay. was a difficult detective warfare. <laughs> what does MI stand for? 
How about F you, Kevin? Solve that one. <laughs> I, I, was, I was just about to say, Kevin, you got off light because I, he'd tell me to go F myself. Go, go, he'd say, go F yourself, Bacon. <laughs> but but we here. established five minutes ago that Pride would never tell anyone to F themselves. Oh. Okay. I'm writing the email right now to both of you. Uh, first <laughs> off, I want to thank you, the crawl space and all the podcasts you have out there that have convinced me to get back into both old and modern day comics. Because of this podcast, I've gotten into amazing because of Clone Saga Chronicles, I started picking up the clones. And because oh. of the, uh, Batgirl to Oracle, I have gotten into Batgirl, just comics in general. Awesome, Age of Michigan. Dude, that, that makes my day. Uh, to up, Zach, if there were four Spider-Man books again, do you think an event like the Clone Saga, where each book would be one part of the same story, or two books would have one story, and the other two would have another story, could work in today's market? Uh, yes, I, I I really thought that the formula was going to would work in the uh, early days of the Clone Saga. Uh, I, well, I mean, they they could sell. They, they, it would be padding of the story, and you'd have to, if you wanted to know what the hell's going on, you'd have to buy all four of them. Well, like no, back no, 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 no. If 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 you had two separate stories going on in two different books, well, you'd always have an A and a B, I imagine. Yeah. Well, and and Amazing was doing, and then yeah, be, like say Amazing the Spectacular were doing story A, and then. Web of and adjective of Spider-Man was doing story B. I think that could work. I mean, that's what they tried to do early on in the Clone Saga, and I, I felt like those stories were stronger whenever you yeah. had two different characters having their own distinct styles. To Brad, why don't you like Twitter? Because it's like Facebook with no fun. It's like an amusement. <laughs> it's like an amusement park with no rides. To Jr., who's your favorite Norman writer? Oh wow! You know there have been several actually that have done a good job with him. Um, I, I, I guess I really would have liked to have seen more of Warren Ellis doing the character on on Thunderbolts. Um, his um, the the the, uh, the 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 long rant that Norman went on uh, before he turned into the Goblin because these psychics were getting control of his mind is just is just classic Norman. I'd li- I'd like to see a little bit more of Warren Ellis doing. To George, do you like the story where Frank Castle started killing off brand new day villains? <laughs> I still haven't read it, but um, he goes if, after the vomiting vulture. Yeah, I've heard that. And, but if this becomes the Punisher's new mo, killing off the lame ass uh, being you know brand new verse villains, like if that uh, screwball chick is next, <laughs> and if he, if he could find a way to off the freak, God, how awesome would that be? Oh, that'd be my recommendation you know? every month. I'd buy that um, book yeah, five I, times. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and um, yeah. So I, I, I'll still probably, I'll still probably check it out. From what I understand, uh, Rucka has really gotten the Punisher back to being the two-dimensional killing machine he only needs to be. <laughs> you don't really, you don't really need to dress him up all that much or try to get too complex with it. He, he's a force of nature. That's how it works best. And I've read both issues, and I didn't really care for him. So. Um and yes, Berryman is my real name because he asked me yeah, that. That was yes, your other question. That's that's to everyone since we hit four years of brand new day back in June. Can you believe it's been that long? January has been your favorite January. story. January. Yeah. <laughs> what? We hit four years in January, not June. <laughs> favorite story and change of brand new day. Favorite story, I think consensus is that Flash Thompson story. I don't remember a review session where everybody reviewed and loved that book as much as that one. Yeah, but I'd have to say my favorite change uh, would probably have to be the Rhino. Um, yeah, if, was... if, if Dan Slott was actually doing anything with that change when he used the Rhino. Yeah. I like. Wait uh, a minute. Did, did he do that Rhino story? No, no, no it was Joe Kelly. Joe, okay. Joe Kelly, yeah. 
Yeah, uh, oddly, it's the same person that did the hammerhead arc with the smelly homeless woman, but <laughs> he can write, it turns out. <laughs> I like Love you, Sam backup story with uh, Flash Thompson and uh, Shashan coming back. That was, yeah, like, that was a good. really good story. Okay, also, Agent Michigan, uh, it's his birthday, so happy birthday, Agent Michigan. He had some good questions, so birthday shout-out for you, sir. Venomaniac. DOD Headquarters, a.k.a. Liberty Island. Kevin, if there's one Marvel character you'd be perfect for, acting-wise, in a movie, who would it be? You know, I saw this question, and I've been thinking about it the whole podcast, and I cannot come up with a good answer. Um, Amanda Waller. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. Um, (laughs) I I, I don't know who I would be, even, you know, type-wise or acting-wise or what. I feel like I would be a villain. (laughs) The best I can say. Uh, JR, do you think it's possible for Norman to just go back to being a Spider-Man villain, and should he? Uh, well, uh, second question first. Yes, he should be at some point in time. Is it possible? Uh, probably not as long as uh, the Marvel Universe is really the Bendisverse. Um, I, th- I think probably as long as Bendis is there, Norman's probably going to have a larger role. Um, and then when he's when he's done with him, uh, then Norman can go back to being a Spider-Man villain. George, on a scale of one to ten, how awesome does the Avengers movie look right now? Does he say movie? He doesn't, but I'm assuming he's. I'm a, okay. Um, I'm gonna go with like a solid eight right now. I I, oh. I get real excited when I think about the Avengers movie. I think it's going to be really good. Yep. Zach, I'm sure you've answered this, but which Clone Saga moment had the most wasted potential? Um, probably the uh, death of Ben Riley. I, I think if you kept him alive and de- really developed that brotherly bond between him and Peter Parker, would have worked a lot better. Even if yep. you, not have him necessarily in the suit, but have him as a back as a supporting character. Bertoni, is it possible Betty can change her ways? It's as simple as changing a writer, because uh, one writer will write the next character more out of character than the last. I mean, it's uh, it's just been pure luck that she's been this consistently evil this long through all the writers. To me, how goes the getting creators on the podcast thing going? Answered a couple of questions back. Um, Peter David confirmed. Josh Keaton confirmed. Uh, trying to get uh, Christopher Daniel Barnes on the Josh Keaton show. Also, I have a. I need to email uh, a contact about getting um, uh, John Romita Sr. on. I found a way to get a hold of him. I just need to get that going. Also, um, I don't know if I mentioned this. Um, oh, Dan Gilvisian, who is the voice of the 80s Spider Man and an Amazing Friends, uh, confirmed that he'd be on the show. Also, uh, Firestar's voice has confirmed. I can't get Iceman. I'm trying to get Iceman. I'm try. I'm holding out for that third Spider Friends reunion show. So, that's the latest. Berserk Fury from a white bread heteronormative point of view. Uh, <laughs> Brad, I talked to Alex Savick at a con last month. He's still up for the interview. Can you pronounce this word? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Bo- bonus points for the definition. Oh, it's pretty self-evident, sir. Uh, uh, yeah. Alex Alex Savick. Yeah, would love to have Alex Savick on. We just missed one of his stories today uh, with the the Spider Hulk. But yeah, Alex Savick definitely on the to do interview show. Bertoni, Red Hood, and the Outlaws. Number one. Go. Okay. Since I yes, turn it on now. Awesome. 
Uh, can you somebody guys hear that? Frappuc- somebody getting a frappuccino right now, huh? Yes, and I've been muting every time that machine's been turned on. <laughs> uh, I just got okay. Uh, since I don't have an hour, which it would take an hour to completely talk about this book for what it was. When this book came out, I spoke about it with Don and Stella. Don called me and gave me the recap before I actually read the issue, and that almost caused me to crash my car. <laughs> After that night, I said I was not going to talk about the book, and I haven't for the most part since. It's uh, upset some people. Um, it's questioned some friendships, actually, believe it or not. So I'm going to talk about it here briefly. This will be my statement on it, and then I think I'll be quiet about it for a while. They really dropped the ball on Starfire in so many ways. Um, a lot of people misinterpret the sexuality of her character because on her planets it's viewed that as a different thing that's always what it was but it wasn't like free love you know they were with everyone it's just they weren't they wouldn't hide their love they were more public about it she wouldn't think anything of you know walking across the kitchen in the buff or something like that and that caused tension now what people have taken that as is oh well you know she's this big you know woman who you know is drawn like this and this is how her planet does things so she obviously it's all about free love, or in her case, not love. When she has that panel where she says to Roy that, you know, making love to a Tamaranian doesn't involve love, that's completely out of character because because <laughs> her species was all about love. It was all about emotions and love. When she was forced into a political marriage on her planet in the 80s, it was months before she and her husband, you know, did the beast with two backs. And when they did, she was totally... <laughs> Nobody's ever read a fellow before. <laughs> no, I just I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it said that way before. Like oh my god! Just throwing well, it out like he's talking uh, about getting a scone. <laughs> that's the thing, that's people getting yeah. Oh my gosh! I'm trying to uh, as wow, wow, vague oh, as wow. possible. But yeah, when when she was not into it and she did not want to do this, she did not want to consummate this marriage because she did not love the guy. That's the Starfire that I remember and. Top it all off, too, she's like, I don't remember who these titans were, these people who were like family to me and who meant the world to me and who I stayed on Earth for. She's like, no. Like, Roy's giving her these names. She's like, I'm bored. Let's have sex. And when Don told me that, I thought he was paraphrasing, but that's actually the dialogue. And at one point, she even says in her narration thing that she can't tell humans apart. What? Now, her relationship with Dick Grayson is still in continuity. Cool. But what does that do to the character of Dick Grayson to say that he would be with someone like this for this long, who can't tell the difference between humans and who, you know, like the second that one partner leaves the room, she's coming on to the other person. That says a lot of things about Dick Grayson's character. It says he likes to get it in. Now, and, you know, (laughs) a, a friend of mine <laughs> a friend of mine was telling me before these DC books came out, you know, nobody's acting out of character. It's a new universe. So whenever Batman did something in Justice League or so on and so forth, I'd say, okay, new universe. It's not out of character. It's a new interpretation. When I got to this, I completely threw that out the window. I don't care that this is a new universe. I don't care that this is a new interpretation of the character because if this is what her character is now, it sucks and it's a downgrade. And now Labdell's like Tumblr or something saying, oh, well, Starfire was just joking and Jason Todd was just joking. No, no. There's a lot of... a whacker? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Starfire was just joking when she said that she can't tell those characters apart. And she was just... And Jason was just pretending that they were in a relationship. It was all a big laugh! 
Oh my gosh. He's yeah, pulling George. a whacker faster than a whacker's ever pulled a whacker. Hey, yeah, so um, then that's it for now. <laughs> George, if you were president, how would you fix the economy? Also, the Wall Street protesters are dressing up like zombies. Uh, or t- uh, h- hilarity, hilariously ironic, or typical hippie stupidity. It is both. The Wall Street protesters are out there protesting. They don't even know what for. You ask them, some of them will say capitalism, and then you know we're down with capitalism. Down, we hate capitalism, and they'll tell you this while listening to their Apple iPods, or <laughs> using their Apple iPhones, or videotaping the entire thing with a Sony Handycam. Um, you know, while wearing clothes from the Gap. So it's yeah, it's ridiculous. Stupid it's, hippies. It is. It is stupid. How do you God fix it? Stupid. How do I fix the economy? Uh, you have to get laissez-faire with it. You have to you have to remove government regulations, lower taxes. That's the only way businesses are going to hire people. Because right now businesses they have no idea what their costs are going to be. They don't know how much they're going to wind up paying in taxes. They don't know. They damn sure don't know how much they're going to wind up spending in uh, healthcare costs. And they're not going to expand and hire people anytime soon. Uh, the economy's got to got to turn around. Consumer confidence has to turn around. Uh, but none of these things are going to be happening if you keep overregulating and and punishing people through uh, punitive taxation. Jr., what's the funnier method of capital punishment: death by pogo <laughs> stick or catapult? <laughs> I don't know. I as some uh, watching someone who asks silly questions fall to their death. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, Kevin! <laughs> welcome back. How goes the acting career? Gotten to meet any celebrities? Um, thank you. It goes all right for something that's you know still in school, <laughs> not trying to make a career yet. Um, school is going well, all A's and B's and whatnot, nice. uh, which is which is a first for me. Um, and I, I haven't meet meeting. I haven't met any celebrities, but I did see Justin Long at the uh, Village Pizza down the street, but then I kind of found out that if you've been to Village Pizza more than once, you have seen Justin Long there. So it's not really that remarkable a thing. Uh, Zach, who would win in a fight to the death, Chuck Austin or Ron Zimmerman? (laughs) Okay. Uh, who else is going to pick up the re-release hardcover? Isn't Ron Zimmerman like this really, really fat guy, if I'm remembering correctly? What? Oh. All right. Uh, are they re-releasing the hardcover of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I, I might actually get that. Yeah. They're they're pretty in hardcover format, like prestige kind of thing. I may get that. Abul Aziz from the Ultimate Moon Knight Psychotic Mind. Uh, hi, remember the pizza guy from Spider-Man 2? Just Aziz. The way you usually say the first half of my name is Abul, is the way my accent ones say IP. Okay, I shit you not. Uh, Brad, (laughs) (laughs) the past two Spidey games are your favorite two. I find them disgusting. Think we may share opinion on EOT, Edge of Time, and both be fond of it. Uh, I, I thought Web of Shadows was good. I liked the symbiote all over New York City, and I liked uh, Shattered Dimensions. So if you didn't like those two, you're not going to like Edge of Time. JR, if this was a video podcast, I'd require seeing a monkey dance. Make jokes in the recent newspaper Spider-Man strips. Mm. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> uh, I don't been, know. I don't do know. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to bother trying. Bertone, you thought Betty was worthy of a bit of sympathy than the time she was messed up after Ned died and she was in denial. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that she would have been worthy of a little more sympathy during that time if she wasn't still dating the guy that, you know, uh, she was cheating on her husband with when, you know, he died. I mean, she didn't wait till, a, you know, a, a grieving period had passed before she continued her relationship with Flash Thompson. Oh, no, as, as soon as he got out of the hospital, they, they were at it again, you know. The wedding issue, which was published, like, right after Ned died, Flash is already talking about how he and Betty are in this relationship, and it's really weird because Ned's dead and she still thinks he's alive. So yeah, I, I, I feel really sorry for the girl with the dead husband who already's dating another guy. It's uh, George, it, what would you think of uh, Spider-Man in the new movie suit in the comics? I, I Oh, um, I'd say it's still better than the hoodie, but it's still fail. Kevin... I know you hate anime, but recommend some good ones. This <laughs> is his last question. Uh, I will as soon as they make some. All right. Oh. Uh, fantasy Freak from uh, Location, My Happy Place. Uh, to the gang, I've heard a lot of good things about the Jim Shooter blog. Worth checking out or just the hype? Also, does it take considerable time to get through? Yeah, You're going to have to read some stuff, yeah. No, no doubt. <laughs> it's a, a very well worth it. Brad, have you tried of the, any of the new Tip 52? What did you like? Or I answered that question. JR, what's the most out-of-character moment Norman ever had? The DNA bomb from the final chapter. Oh, boy. <laughs> Brittoni, when is the next Solo Betty article coming up? No pressure, but looking forward to it immensely. Hopefully soon. I needed a break after finishing that Betty and Flash stuff because, man, those took a while and a lot of research and took a lot out of me. But the regular Bertone hates Bettys. Those, those Dunham ones will be back soon. Hopefully by the time this episode's up, but no promises. George and Zach, thoughts on the hoodie teaser? Already done that. Kevin, welcome back. Will you watch the Blade anime when it comes out, whenever that will be? And if you do, what are your hopes for it? And speaking of Blade, what do you think of the chances of an ongoing for him today? Maybe the anime can give him a little push. Boy, that ought to be conflicting for you. Blade and anime. Oh, I I plan to check it out. I'm, I'm curious if it'll be any good. I'm not expecting any good, but um, you know, I, I hope. It would be really nice to have a cool like Blade cartoon. Um, I'll definitely check it out as long as I can find it legally for free on the internet, because um, I don't really have what you would call cable G4. these days. You don't have G4. Uh, I tried watching Iron Man and, and Wolverine. I couldn't get through it. I've heard just like online reviews, they suck out loud. But yeah, horrible. Uh, but yeah, and I think uh, I, I think Blade is going to have a chance for an ongoing series whenever Marvel can figure out how to do it, uh, because they they haven't done it the way it's <laughs> done yet. That's why I Jesus. Jesus, I got some on me in Missouri. Uh, Iron <laughs> Patriot from China. Uh, congrats on being a regular, Josh. Also, Kevin, welcome back. Thanks. To Kevin, how do you make a villain completely irredeemable like the Red Skull, but not uh, cackling one-dimensional mustache twirler? Uh, he has to have an understandable motivation of some kind. I mean, he can't just – basically, you can't create somebody that uh, just wants to be evil to be evil. Um, okay, maybe you could do that once with some character that that's their point and it's funny. Um, but for the most part, a character has to have a good reason that we can understand. Yeah. Uh, he has a question to Stella, but I'm going to aim both of them to JR because the other questions at JR. What are the best and worst traits of Peter Parker? Uh, well, obviously the best traits of Peter Parker are his compassion, uh, his sense of responsibility, uh, and his sense of justice, uh, his worst trait and you know, his worst traits. Well, <laughs> that's a tougher one to answer because 
it's what is a truly bad trait of Peter Parker and what are the writers just right? When are the writers just writing him badly, which is what they've been doing a lot recently. But I would say that he hasn't, you know, he's not been able to find the balance in his life. He's still, he's somewhat disorganized. He probably, even though he's a good person, I think he's still a little bit clueless as to human relationships, how to treat people uh, and, you know, to, to emphasize with what they're feeling. Um, but um, I, I, I don't know. Off the top of my head, I'd say that was it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, to Brad, how's your Amazing Spider-Man collection comp- completion going? I haven't bought a back issue in a long time, probably three, four years to finish my complete Amazing run. But with having a kid and a uh, mortgage and, and car payments and all that stuff, probably not good. <laughs> But I, I have a pretty good, solid, amazing run, and I, I can't really justify buying another one when you can read it in the Essentials or the Masterworks, etc. To George, nothing much to say other than the Fight Club Season 2 has kicked major amounts of ass. Thanks, I'm glad you liked it. We're going to have a lot of fun next week. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. EO from Butt Booty? What, what the hell? B-U-T-T-E. He's Butte, Butte, Montana, Brad. You're a reporter on TV. <laughs> Not in Butte, Montana. Have you seen the reporter gas there, George? Come on. <laughs> Butte, Montana. Butte, uh, Montana. Montana. <laughs> well, well, half of these are fictional locations. I mean, I thought that was a fictional location. Yeah, obviously not. I apologize. <laughs> To everyone in Butte. Uh, to, everyone. <laughs> to, all, to all of our listeners in Butte, Montana, seriously, I apologize for Brad's insensitivity and for, frankly, just being a colossal dick. Please continue to listen to the show and support the site. Thank you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who's getting edited? Why uh, <laughs> not, George? I'll never remember whether this is in the show. Uh, to everyone, what do you think about them bringing back Carnage Borg? I was yeah. always a fan of Carnage in the beginning, but when the costume took over the surfer, I lost interest and was glad he was killed. I would have liked to see him in Spider Island killing random civilians. And Carly Cooper, I just added that last part. <laughs> way to quench his hatred for Spider-Man. The Carnage miniseries wasn't bad. I've got a question. What does Carnage slash Borg mean? Uh, wasn't it when he took over the Silver Surfer's board, he became... Uh, kind of he, Carnage Cosmic was what he was called. Yeah, oh. it was the Cosmic, the cosmic Carnage. Carnage. Uh, was he? I, I didn't read the last miniseries. Did he do something in the miniseries that was like Borgish? Or I was wondering that myself. I didn't read. Oh yeah, yeah. He he lost his legs. Did, did he start assimilating he, people? Well, no, he didn't. <laughs> he's just he's now he's now more mechanical because you remember the Sentry ripped him in half. So he's got cyber legs. He's got cyber legs. Well, yeah. hold on. Flash Thompson lost his legs, and the symbiote made them grow back. Why can't Carnage get symbiote legs? You know, both the symbiotes are legless. I just thought of that. I never really right. thought of that. Yeah, yeah except Carnage I, I, needs rope. Carnage needs rope. Cletus Cassidy can have uh, legs when he's not in the symbiote, I guess. So serial killers get better treatments than uh, veterans. Who knows? <laughs> Cast Day, 86, yeah. from not Butte, Montana. Uh, Brad, how large is your how, how large Whoa. is Spider-Man collection? And are you that close to having that. every amazing Spider-Man? Uh, I have a large uh, Spider-Man collection. So do I, ladies. 
Would <laughs> 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 you like to see my alarm clock? <laughs> off the rails, going downhill. Uh, I have Amazing Spider-Man from issue 22 to current. And uh, in between there, I have 1, 3, and 14. So those are the, in between those, those are the ones I'm missing. So I, for the longest time, had a gap. I went from 22 to 36 and then 38 to current. But I eventually found a good deal on 37, which was, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, that was the last back issue that I, I bought. So, George, can you explain to people why Hobie Brown is so awesome? Hobie Brown is awesome because he started off as a villain, and then he sort of became an anti-hero, and it was because Spider-Man uh, convinced him to be a better person. It, well, that's kind of accurate to say, isn't it? Roundabout? Yeah. Yeah, he, okay, I yeah. Know, we haven't seen him in years, though, since yeah. the outlaws. <laughs> yeah, but but that's why Hobie Brown is so awesome. Okay, go. Kev- Kev- <laughs> Kevin, is it time for Jeff Johns to leave the Green Lantern? Holy crap, we haven't had a Green Lantern Kevin question in months. <laughs> if so, who would you like to take over? You know, I would have said it was time uh, just a couple of months ago uh, until the revelation of what the new rebooted Green Lantern comic is going to be about, and now I haven't read that yet. But just because of the star of it, I really like that idea, and I'm very interested in it. So I'm I'm still curious about Jeff Johns' Green Lantern. If somebody else was going to take over, I honestly don't know who I would say at this point. That's probably because I'm reading kind of a low volume of especially DC titles at this point. I mean, Kieran Gillen is kind of the guy that right now I would say I'd like to see him writing anything. JR, how much do the eliminations of Superman and the Flashes, both Barry and Wally, marriages bother you, if at all? Well, like everything else, what happens in a comic book has to be measured against you. It's a relative kind of uh, being bothered. But I guess the question is, why does every series have to have the quest to get laid as a focal point? That, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I mean, it's like, why, why is that essential part of every series where the, the hero always has to try to get laid? You know. Well, that's an essential task of humans. Because yeah, written, this, I was trying to get laid this last week. Yes, but isn't, isn't there more? Isn't there more dramatic difficulty in fulfilling that quest if you're married? It's being well, because it's being it's being written by people who are trying to relive like their own childhoods or childhoods they've never had and wish they did. That's why. I mean, it, it's just it's not so much. That I mean, of course, yes, we know that romantic tension is always an important part of you know of drama. But you know, when it seems like. Every title has to have a young, studly, single hero. I, every title? I, I just I don't quite get it. To me, that seems repetitive and not well, creative. A, they don't seem to understand there are different kinds of romantic tension. They all want to have the same kind. Yeah. Yeah. Which will be better, everyone? Batman Arkham City or Spider-Man Edge of Time? Probably Arkham City, if Arkham, Arkham Asylum City. was anything to go by. Yeah. Uh, Arkham City, I would even agree, because I love that uh, first one. Are there any characters in comics that are currently don't have their own titles that you really wish did? Spider Girl. Yeah. Yep. Shang Chi. Um, Stephanie Brown, Batgirl. Okay. Uh, what are people's opinions on Jim Shooter, and would they like to see him back as the Marvel editor in chief? Yes, love him. Uh, I don't Gee. know if you can go home again. Yeah. I mean, the industry's changed. It's, you know, even though he did a lot of stuff back then and a lot of stuff that might improve Marvel now, it's just, you can't you can't get the Beatles back together. You can't have Reagan be president again. I mean, the, the world's changed. Yeah, but we're talking about dead people there. 
It's not the oh, same getting the Beatles back together because I'm not talking about Claremont and Byrne and the rest of you know those those prima donnas. I'm just talking about Shooter. I want to go see Paul McCartney in concert. That's, that's basically what getting Shooter's back. Shooter knows how to tell a good story. He knows the elements of a successful comment and what works. So I, the man knows the essentials, and, and and he knows more about how to communicate to a fan base than anyone at Marvel right now. I'd still be worried he was going to try to replace it with his own new universe, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I don't, I don't think he would do that. Should Marvel have a relaunch similar to DC? Yes and no. 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 Just I no. think the I think the the Spider Man book would have been a little bit well embraced and the marriage being broken yeah. up if the whole Marvel universe would have been shaken up. That's the thing. DC OMD'd their entire universe. Exactly. Yes, they did. That's they exactly did. what they did. They did. Especially uh, when, what, you get, when, you, when you get the feedback of, uh, oh, everything still happened except the stuff that didn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They OMD'd it. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new season one line of books at Marvel? Original graphic novels. One word. Why? Everybody knows the origin. They haven't published yet, so I have Hope- a thought, but the title is stupid. Hopefully it attracts new readers, which is the goal, I think, because I'm not going to buy another bit by the spider. I know. Were the other 20 origins they've put out not enough? Yeah. <laughs> DC Marvel fan guy. Uh, first-time listener, or no, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, to Kevin and Brad, which of the DC books have you read? What was your favorite? We've already hit that one up. Kevin, you got anything else to say about that one? Uh, yeah, I haven't read them, yeah. so I'm, I'm looking forward to them. You mean in, you could have read the whole line? How long of the show is? Uh, to Jr., what would would you want Kevin Smith to write Spider-Man again? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure he ever wrote him in the first place. To be honest. Oh, nice, nice, nice. George, was there any Venom Eddie Brock story that you enjoyed? ASM number three hundred. Oh, who do you think? This question go. Who, who, Zach, who do you think will be behind the hoodie? We already the, answered this question. Go! go! I don't speak it in Texas. Uh, to Bertoni, <laughs> which writer writes Betty Brant as a tolerable character for you? Peter David sometimes. He still has her do her evil stuff. But, uh, you know, she backed him up. Uh, she, backed Pete, she backed Peter Parker up during the uh, Civil War stuff. So that was pretty good of her. I like that. To the whole gang except George. who picked up the all-new ultimate spider-man issue one starring miles morales i for one enjoyed it and i'm interested to see where the story goes did anyone who read it think that the ultimate prowler looked like deadpool it's gonna be in my box whenever i get it i bought it i've read every dc uh, the ones i've named i've read all that first i've even read Hulk versus Dracula before this book. I have not read Ultimate Spider-Man number one yet. I've read the yeah. first two issues better than I thought that they would be by far. That shows you my interest in Miles Morales. I'm looking forward right to now. it. Yeah, there's Hulk versus Dracula. Jesus. Not that great. Oh, uh, Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> Hulk suck blood. Uh, <laughs> Dave, <laughs> hang on. Whoa, whoa, Brad. Is it is it that new jackassy Dracula that they rebooted like yep. last year? Or is it yes. the real Dracula from like the 70s? And no, it's 80s. the jackassy white-haired Dracula. Yeah, yeah, fail. Okay, next. Dave, go. Dave Lawyer, uh, <laughs> to everyone, who would your hometown, what would your hometown be like if everyone got spider powers? Uh, hopefully not as bad as that story. <laughs> Anybody else? Uh, well, that job would be a whole lot harder. Yeah. Well, if, if everybody in my town would be riding around on horses, you know, sticking to, sticking to walls and stuff. Seriously, if people started shooting webs, don't you think there are a lot of people that have broken necks? Mm. 
You know, I'd, have, just, I'd have homeless people shooting webs at me for change. <laughs> like, come here, give me your change. Give me yeah. a change to whip the whip. Uh, here's another question I, I wondered. Why is it, does Peter Parker have web shooters around his wrists when everybody else is shooting organic webs? And he talked Brad, about stop asking questions that make sense. And he told Carly how to, like, how to eat for organic webs. And and he's still having to use web shooters. It makes no sense. Well, okay, the powers, it only affects people that, that don't already have powers. So if everyone's manifesting organic web shooters, it's only going to be the people that didn't originally have powers. Yeah, so but since Peter said, already he has powers. Said he doesn't have them. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be explained in the story, them. guys. I think it's supposed to be explained by the end of Spider-Island. It's no, going to be no, explained no. on CBR in a post. It's going to be explained in Marvel 2 and 1 ten years ago. Uh, to anyone who cares to answer, Frank Miller is hired, hired to reboot Spider-Man. He has complete freedom. What's his first story? Spider-Man murders Al-Qaeda. <laughs> the burglar killed Uncle Ben because him and Uncle Ben were like criminals together, and they were involved in some shady deal, and I guess, you know, and uh, the murder's going to be a lot more grisly. And instead of Peter, you know, being a wrestler or a TV performer when he gets his powers, he, like, does, like, underground, like, dog fighting or something. <laughs> yeah, and, and Peter Parker's a pimp, and, and he's whoring himself out like a prostitute. <laughs> to George, mustache, fight club, 70s Burt Reynolds versus 80s Tom Selleck. Who wins? 70s Burt Reynolds because his mustache was black uh, as opposed to 80s Tom Selleck whose was brown. And as we know from uh, Wesley Snipes, you always bet on black. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was way too well constructed there, Barryman. Wheat wheat cakes from Canada to the (laughs) gang. Do you have any one comic that's completely worthless, damaged? However, there's a sentimental story behind it so it's important to you that you could never part with it. Marvel team up. Annual number two, shredded. Still have it. First comic. Nope. <laughs> Anybody? Nope. His is uh, Amazing 219 with the Frank Miller cover. Ironically, we just yeah. talked about Frank Miller. I, I've got a couple. Uh, Amazing yeah. Spider-Man 127. It was originally my brother's. We we picked it up actually in a hospital shop many years ago uh, when we were with my grandmother because we were always visiting my mom in the hospital. That's kind of a... Long, I mean, there's a lot more to it, but that's the, there's that, and then there's the uh, uh, Amazing Annual Number Nine with the the Green Goblin. Uh, I traded a couple of Batman comics to the barber <laughs> for it, um, so it's it's just they just have a certain amount of sentimental value. Yeah. Uh, six 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 and a half from Meth Capital, California. Been there, Kevin? <laughs> uh, well, it's California. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, October is upon us. Halloween will be here before you know it. With that in mind, what horror movie characters would best uh, would work best in a throwdown with Spider-Man? I'm not talking about Dracula or Frankenstein, which, Jr. you know, you already hit up that Frankenstein story a few months ago. I'm talking about Freddy, Jason, or Pinhead. George, Spider-Man, horror Movie. Um, I, would, I would say uh, since it exists in like a, a dream state where, where Spider-Man wouldn't have as much experience, uh, a Spidey yeah. versus Freddy Krueger thing might actually be kind of fun. Marvel produced a Freddy Krueger comic magazine back in the day. I remember that. Um, how about F- Spidey versus Chucky? Yeah. <laughs> I would say The Thing, but uh, that Venom Tsunami comic a couple of years ago already ripped off the plot of The Thing. That, that was such a ripoff. Oh, my gosh. Fantastic. <laughs> I would enjoy a Wolverine versus Freddy Krueger story. Ooh, ooh, that would be good with the claws. Claws versus nails. Go. Nice. I like that. Who wins? Anybody Who else? 
Uh, Zach right. has a good point. Batman. Batman versus Spider-Man. Christian Bale. <laughs> Christian and our Bale's la- voice. Our last question is... <laughs> really, <laughs> last question is really long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where is the question? The bottom question? line is, should Bendis go? Uh, okay. Should Bendis go or stay? That's the piece. Okay. No. Yeah, I, thought it, I thought it was slot. No, um, we all know uh, what number with uh, is doing is decrease. If Dan, would it be better if he focused all his writing on a single book, talking about Dan Slott, he being Dan Slott? I don't think it matters. <laughs> oh, I think Dan Slott. I, I, I don't think it matters. From what he says on Formspring and CBR, like he like he like said, I had to lock my video games away so I can write Spider Island hashtag. So I think he's no matter how many books he's writing, his primary focus is Spider Man because that's his favorite character. So. I don't think it has to do with the amount of books he's writing. I I don't believe he locked anything up to write anything. I, yeah, if he, 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 he locked he anything too, up, his porn collection. But he already wastes too much time on message boards for time to be a precious commodity. Yeah, if he's typing on a message board about how he has to shun everything else to write a story, then he has not shunned everything else. Right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, what about Mr. Bendis? Uh, he's still he making sh- money, so get used to it. Should he leave Avengers? God, yes, please. Aren't, love they, aren't they getting ready to do Dark Reign 2? I don't know. But well, it, once, you've, once you've done your second New Avengers number 14, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kind of I mean, just, you know, just, you know I mean, I've, I've said things about this guy before, but from, from just a freshness standpoint, it's probably time to get someone new on That's there. the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> was it? If you've written your second issue of issue 14... <laughs> Yeah, of, yeah. A, of Avengers. He's written two issue fourteen. Well, no one's yeah. been Avengers. able to. No one's been able to answer this for me. Why? Oh, God. Why did they have to relaunch New Avengers? I've not been able to get a good no answer. Because oh. they wanted a new number one. Oh, okay, but like, wait, man. can somebody give me a logical reason aside from they want a new number one? Like, no, there is there no one. The there is one. one. It's magic. We don't have to explain it. Oh man. When you've written your second issue number 14, I'm still on that. That's the quote of the podcast right there. Yeah, that's the quote of the podcast. That is the quote of the podcast. <laughs> like final, final thoughts of the epic quote, Kevin. Um, final thoughts before we wrap it up. Final thoughts you you want to talk about a new Avengers 14? I just bought my third copy of Batgirl issue one since 2008. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's wow. pretty sad. Why is the industry failing? Uh, Kevin, final thoughts. Um, final thoughts. We might be in dire straits with Spider-Man right now, but I am happy to be back on this podcast and still have a home here. I love talking to you guys. Stella is missed, but uh, thanks for always having me whenever I have the time. No doubt. Welcome back. Welcome George, back. George, Welcome final back. thoughts. Uh, you know what? It's a Sunday, and go out and get some bacon because that's what Jesus likes. Zach, final thoughts. Uh, well, what? Uh, I just need to take a nap. I think I think that's a good, that's a good idea. Jr. Final thoughts, sir. <sighs> I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> he throws his headset down in disgust. Oh Jr. has dropped the microphone and left the stage. <laughs> Bertoni, final thoughts, sir. Welcome to the show, buddy. Thanks, um, Aziz. If your uh, goal was to get my attention with that avatar and signature, well done, you troll. <laughs> <laughs> Man, on that on that note thank you everybody no.
And that's a wrap on this show. Before we go, I want to give another plug to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. Another spider example of their great prices is on the Secret Wars 2 trade paperback. In Spidey's 50-year history, as far as I can remember, there's only been one storyline where he teaches an alien how to use the bathroom. Granted, this wasn't the best follow-up to the first Secret Wars, but you owe yourself it a read just to check out that funny bathroom moment. And the cover price of the book, 30 bucks. Mail order has it for just $18.59, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com and also check out their new website. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas.